Don't be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. It's a little message, any super middleweight. Canelo, been waiting around for Canelo, as you well know. Um, so that one is parked up. Callum Smith and Andrade. Let's get it on. Callum, you're a great fighter, good fighter, unification. I reckon we can get it on. Andrade, you're just a little pussy who keeps running. Don't want to fight nobody. So let's go 168. Let's rock and roll. November or December. We ready, boy? This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Tommy Fury, last time I saw you was at your new place. Uh, yeah, been a few months since uh, you settled into your new place with Molly. How's, uh, how's life in general? Yeah, life's good, you know, just training. Um, working hard but reaping the rewards, you know, just living life really. Um, not much to it, especially not in my life. All I do is wake up in the morning, train, eat and sleep, that's it. Down here for a Ty Mitchell, uh, unlicensed scene. Uh, Ty's uh, cruising through it. He's kind of like an unlicensed uh, star. And I know, uh, obviously, Tyson's very close with him. Uh, are you close to Ty as well? Yeah, yeah. He could, Ty, listen, Ty caused major problems in you know the world of professional boxing. You know, let alone this unlicensed stuff. You know, he breeze through this, uh, no problem. Um, but yeah, we're here showing our sport tonight. And um, God willing, you know, no hiccups. He'll get through, it and uh, he'll be the winner. It's a bit of a shame what's gone on with Ty. Really, as you said, uh, a lot of people do think if he did get a license, he would cause a lot of super middleweight, middleweights or light heavyweights, yeah. a lot of problems and the, the top ones as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you've heard it off everybody really, haven't you? you know, uh, all the top names have said it, but, you know, hopefully he can get his pro licence and um, he can kick forward and just uh, big Tim there walking past and, yeah, cause a few problems because um, he's a good fighter and he deserves it. Shout out Tim, he's the main man in Team Fury. Uh, any news on you, Tommy? I know you put something out on social media a couple of weeks ago. I think it was yeah. saying there's some news coming. We haven't heard anything, so can you give us an update? It's all I can really say is it's coming very, very soon. Very soon. So I can't really say too much at a minute, but I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, everybody will, uh, everybody will be talking about it. Obviously, we've had a, a lot of boxing, really, uh, yeah. since its return. Have you been keeping up with it? What have you made of it so far? Yeah, it's all been good. I mean, I don't like the crowd no crowd sort of stuff i mean here tonight obviously there's no crowd you know a game of snooker would be a bit louder wouldn't it but what can you do it's, it is what it is you know it's a fight uh, whether there's a crowd there or not we just got to get on with it and um, get out and show our sport of course a major talking point at the moment was uh, dillian white's loss to alexander povetkin had the implications for your brother as well of course he was mandatory at that point what did you make of povetkin's stunning knockout win really um i always i, I was always you know knew that he could do that because the last thing to go is your power. Povetkin's, um, he was up at world level, still is at world level, as you've seen the other week. Um, and it just shows in every boxing, you've always got to be on top of your game because if you're not one slip up, it's not like a lightweight or a super middleweight or a middleweight where you can take a right hand and come back from it. You're out in that, in that division. It's game over, so you've always got to be on your game. Uh, were you surprised in the, the manner it happened though? Because obviously Dylan was controlling the majority of the fight, had him down twice in the fourth, and then he just pulls out a, a perfect punch, really. Not really, no, because it's like, even if you have your man down, anybody at that weight, even if they're spent and it's a 12th round, they've got nothing left. If they hit your chin, you're going over. Like, it's as simple as that. So you've got to be switched on for 12 rounds and 36 minutes. You've got to be switched on. You know, and it's just showed if you're not, what can happen to you? And, it, you know, I'm sorry for Dillian White, but, you know, he's waited a long time, but even still, that's why he should have been more focused. Um, and even before, you know, the knockout, I feel like a little bit more lateral movement and that, you know, wouldn't have gone amiss. But I'm sure he'll look back at the fight and he'll learn and he'll come back. You said uh, he should have been more focused. Do you think... Uh because he was talking about Tyson quite a lot in the week and uh, also the Joshua fight. Do you think uh, that played a part in his loss, perhaps, Tommy? Uh, I don't know, because at that level, you know, they're all professional guys, like, they're very, they're very professional. You know, they're not going to go in there not prepped or not ready, but 
I feel like he was shouting, you know, too much stuff about Tyson and, you know, whoever else in the build up to it, he should have been shouting one name and that's Povetkin because, you know, at that level he's, you know, he's one fight away from a world title shot. So I'd have been, got, I'd have got my head switched on Povetkin. I wouldn't have even entertained anybody else or entertained Instagram or Twitter or nothing like that. I'd have been solely focused on that because Povetkin is, uh, is a top quality operator. He's been there with everybody. And it was, in some ways, you know, one of his hardest fights, that. And I, did he overlook it a little bit? I don't know. Because he was training, he looked in good shape. But I don't know, it just shows that every eight boxing is different. Seems like uh, that's an obstacle removed now to get that Fury-Joshua fight on. Do you think we're closer to that now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, Wilder's going to do whatever he's going to do. But Tyson's ready. Tyson's king of the world. There ain't no one beating him. Um, so if no one wants to fight then anyone can get it basically because Tyson's the man and he doesn't really if you, it's like a famous line what Conor McGregor said if you're number one who cares if you fight number two or number three it doesn't really matter it's just somebody in the ring at that night and that's sort of the same position Tyson's in now like he's number one and it doesn't matter whether a Wilder fights or not you know if Joshua wants it he can get it Spoke to him last week your brother um, at the Dubois show actually and uh, he said to me that he believes Eddie and AJ are, are avoiding it and, and they don't really want to fight him and Eddie has come out and said that uh, December we're ready to go uh, if, if we can get Pulev to step aside and Wilder's not ready for Fury we can do that do you, do you believe AJ and, and want that fight? I, I don't know I think Eddie and AJ you know they've obviously worked great together over the years but I do genuinely believe that both of them and everyone involved in their, in their lives know that when AJ fights Tyson that'll be the end of it that he won't be able to come back from it so I think they're just getting as much money as they can out of Joshua, you know, getting, getting him the Pulev fights and all that, you know, sort of easy, easy fights because it is. You know, Pulev's not, Pulev's as old as I can remember. He's not in the mix. There's only three heavyweights out there and that's Wilder and Tyson. That's it. Tyson's on his own level. So I think they know when they fight Tyson, it's game over. So I think they're trying to cash as much as they can and then obviously take the Tyson fight. And it's, it's game over, isn't it? You know, they'll have a good few paydays out of the Tyson trilogy I suspect it will be and then it's, uh, then it's over If Fury Joshua is made uh, do you think you'll have a word with your brother try and get on the undercard? You know I'd love it so, you know, it'd be a love, love for me to do that uh, love to be on the undercard but at the end of the day I'm, here, I'm making my own waves you know, I'm not trying to get on the back of anybody um, never have, never will you know, I'm going to do this the hard way and the right way um, I don't care whether I've got a fight on the road in a no crowd hall don't care what it is you know, it's a fight at the end of the day and I'm not here for the glitz and glamour. I don't care how I've got to get to the top. I'll get to the top my own way, whether that's on the big shows or the small shows. I'm not, I'm not interested one bit. I'm here to fight and I'm here to win, and that's it. I know you said you've got news coming soon, but how many times, realistically, do you think you can get out this year, Summit? I think when the news does come, I think everyone will be shocked. Um, it's, it's big news, um, and I'm just waiting on the, to be announced, really. But it's the biggest news I've had ever, really, since doing the Lola Iron thing, boxing, whatever. It's, it's very big news. Okay, I'm looking forward to this news now. Um, what did you make of Frank Warren's poster to Eddie Earn and Sky Sports where he, he listed some of his best fighters, Eddie's best fighters, and uh, basically saying, I want to work with you now? Yeah, I think, I think it's good at the end of the day because why wouldn't you? You know, there's no crowd in boxing now. The world's upside down. So why not give the fans sitting at home what they want? And, you know, as you can see from the poster that came out, everybody wanted them fights. Everybody, you know, would love to see them fights, including myself. So why not get it made and get it on at the end of the day? You know, everyone's, we're all fighters at the end of the day. We'll fight whoever um, so get it on but it's, there's too much politics and crap in boxing now for me anyway there's too much bullshit you know it's a fight get in there's going to be a winner there's going to be a loser get in and have a fight and whatever happens happens everyone's too worried about image and you know what's going to happen and where they're going to be left and all that sort of stuff just get in and have a fight you know there's too much politics going on in boxing for me these days but I don't know you can't really speak for everyone can you well, one fight that caught everyone's attention in your division, actually, Anthony Arden, Joshua Boetsy. Do you like that fight? I think everyone does. Yeah, it's, it's a fan, fan favourite fight, isn't it? You know, they're both quality talents. Obviously, Arden's been in there with Kovalev. Boetsy's a great amateur. He's doing great in his career now, and um, it'd be a great fight. You know, um, I couldn't even pick a winner because they've both got so many strong points. You just have to see it and then find out who wins. But I hope it does get made. You know, not for me, but, you know, for the British public and the public around the world. You know, two top quality operators going at it and that's what the, the fans like to see. Nobody likes to see a one-sided horse race. You know, at that level, after 12, 13 pro fights or however many fights they've had, no one wants to see the other fella got binned off. They want to see good contests and that's what I believe uh, should get made. To be fair, in this country at 75, you've got like Lyndon Arthur, 
Shakan Peters. Yeah. So you're going to break through soon. Yeah. Well early to mention you in there right now. Yeah, yeah of course. You know, I've just started. I've had three pro fights, um, ten amateur fights. Um, but these guys, I, I see myself very up there in the near future because I back myself and I'm confident and I believe I can beat any man who I get in the ring with. And that's just in my blood. That's where I come from. Anybody who knows me knows I think that way. But out of them guys that you just mentioned, you know, there's a lot of great fights to be made, but it's making the fights that's the problem most of the time. But I know out of the, fight you've, out of the fighters you've just mentioned there, it's not going to be a problem for them. It's, it's normally the promoter's side, you know what I mean? Because them fighters there, they're all game. I've sparred Lyndon, all that sort of stuff. Lyndon's a game man, and I know he's up for the fights. But it's just if you get made. Can we just get a word on your dad's Instagram account as well? It's flying. <sighs> he's got 110k in a week. Verified? And a verified blue tick. My dad's flying. My dad's going to have 10 million followers in about a month. See, you've been doing a lot of runs with him and uh, your brother and the team as well. Yeah, we're all just keeping fit. You know, we've got lockdown's been hard enough, so we've got to, you know, try and swing it in a positive way. We've all been training as a team. You know, we're the best team in the world. We work the hardest, we train the hardest. I mean, that's why we get the rewards. Um, but we've got to make light of a bad situation, eh? Absolutely. Well, listen, Tommy Fury, thank you for your bit of your time uh, here on IFL TV, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon, all right? Look forward to the news as well. Cheers, mate. God bless. This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association MTK Global. It was obviously only a few weeks ago where I saw Jamie Moore and uh, Akib Fiers at Fight Week. A uh, lot's happened since then. Uh, but yeah, how have you boys been keeping? Stop with you, Jamie. Yeah, sound mate. Been okay. uh, back, busy in the gym. Akib, health-wise, uh, you all good? Yeah, I take it you've been training as well uh, these past few weeks. Akib. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, again, back in the gym and back to work. Um, working at a new date now, yeah. Okay, so let's just... Uh, Go back to the night you guys pulled out the fight against uh, Kane Baker. Of course, the first two thoughts really were, shit, what's happened to Akib? Is he okay health-wise? And also just gutted uh, for Kane Baker, as you would be for any boxer. If that was you uh, doing a full camp and uh, the opponent pulled out, everyone would be forgotten for you. So it was kind of a, quite an emotional night at fight camp. Obviously, you guys left to go to the hospital, but people worried about you and people were obviously uh, upset for Kane. So... What was the actual problem? I don't know how much detail you can go into, but what was the actual problem with the illness or health problem? Well, the morning of the weigh-in, um, I could tell he wasn't right. He said he didn't feel great. He felt a little bit dizzy and stuff. So, but sometimes you can feel like that making weight. So we just went with it. Um, he he made. I started to get the weight down and. He got to a certain point, he was still feeling dizzy, so I advised him, I said, listen, don't take any more weight off. It's not a championship fight, we'll just come in a pound or so over here, mm. and um, I'll go and let the lads know. Um, they didn't let Kane know until a little bit later on, so there's a little bit of a, an argument and stuff just before the weigh-in about that anyway. Um, Chocolate bar or something? What was that all about? Yeah, <laughs> But, uh, and then, he saw... An, it, it, not that he didn't get any better, he actually got worse. He, he was feeling dizzy. He didn't feel well at all. I've known, I've known the kid. You know the way, the way he, uh, the way he's around the gym for the last sort of eighteen months, and I could just tell it wasn't right. He was really feeling unwell. He was trying to talk me into it, saying I'll be okay. Just let me sleep on it. Wait till tomorrow. But you know, seven or eight hours after the weigh-in, he just wasn't right, and uh, you know it was a difficult decision to make because of the situation. You know, like I say you're all in a bubble. But um, I had to do the right thing by my fighter, and uh, and I know, and to this day, I'll still stick by it. It was the right decision, but um, you know, he's a young lad and he's, he lives to fight another day. Okay, well, I'm sure you respect Jamie's decision now and uh, the weeks after it happened. But on the actual night, was it hard to accept what Jamie was uh, saying to you? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was difficult. Like I, I again, you're saying Kane did a, a camp, a six-week camp or whatever. I've done 12 years of my life to fight on TV, and it was my first opportunity to be there and. Being pulled out that late, it was going, it was heartbreaking, but you know, um, Jamie made the right decision and I respect Jamie enough to understand that he had my best interests. Um, and yeah, it's just one of them, it's in the past now. 
I'm not really um, looking back and dwelling on it. I'm looking forward and we've got a new date and um, we'll get the fight on. So how long did it take uh, for you to get back into to full health, if you like, after that? Well, I had about 10 days or, some, or so. Yeah, so um, a week after, it still wasn't right, but you started getting there, weren't you? And then for about 10 days after that, I was back in the gym and obviously you're not going to lose the fitness and stuff from, from a, a full camp yeah. or for the years of training. Um, so it only took a, a week or so, to get, so for him to get back to to basically ready to fight. So essentially, uh, you, you've had a longer camp, uh, you're going to be in better shape for, I was going to say rematch, but for when this uh, this fight is rescheduled, rather. And um, let, let's be honest, it's, it's a more intriguing fight because there's more interest in it because of well, what happens. It so. makes it more interesting, definitely. It was always a good fight anyway, um, under the circumstances what it was, but it's still a good fight and, you know, we took that fight under the circumstances, you know, would you want to take a, a risky-ish sort of fight at that stage? Ideally, probably not, but I'm still really confident in going forward with the fight because I know um, how good Akib is. Um, and, you know, Kane, I like Kane, I like his attitude, he's a, he's a nice kid. Um, I messaged him a couple of times, going back, he sent me a, a message on Instagram and reply back to him. Um, so. It was always going to be the plan that we'd go ahead with a fight. I think they was thinking there was something wrong. Oh, I didn't fancy it and mm. stuff like that, which is it's nonsense. Why? Why would that be the case? Um, so, so I'm looking forward for the for the fight to be going on and um, and everyone seeing sort of I, I can perform because it will be a good fight. Without, without a doubt, styles make fights and it'll be a good fight. But I've no doubt in my mind that uh, I will come through. Now I spoke to you personally about this, and you said the fight will happen, and I think I have the same with you, Akib. So I always knew this fight was going to happen, but. I'm just going to say, I don't think you guys have really put it out there. This is probably the first time um, to the public that, yes, this fight is on. Is, well, am I right in saying that? Well, it, it's not been announced yet, but we've all agreed the terms to it. Right. Um, and it's not too far off, so we've just got to wait for Eddie to um, finalise everything. But, um, but yeah, I, I know they wanted the fight. And we've always said, as soon as we can reschedule it, we will do. So, um, so yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be announced very, very shortly. Aki, what have you made of Kane's attitude towards you? Of course, on the night, as I said, he was gutted, so he said some things um, that he might not have truly thought, and then the next day he kind of said, you know, like, he's, as he said, he's dead, he hated your whole life at this point, so why would you why would you just back out if there wasn't a proper reason to? Yeah, so yeah. He said that, and there was respect there, but then I've seen in the last couple of weeks, he said that he's going to come to your house, looking for you, etc., because of all this silence. I don't know if you saw that. So it seems like his attitude towards you is going up and down. Better done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet it doesn't. Yeah. Well, what have you made of it? Good luck trying that one. But yeah, I mean, I, like Jamie said, we've not put it out there that we're fighting again. But why? Why would I not? Um, don't make any sense. I mean, I was in the hospital that night, and Steve would text me asking me how I was, and I was asking him, when can we get the fight on? You know, I, I was. That's how confident I am. It's not, you know, him thinking I'm scared of him or something like that. Listen, I've, I've had new. I've had nearly hundred fights now in my life, amateur and pro. I'm not scared of him, and you'll um, see. Do you think it's helped you in some ways? Because, um, as Jamie said, it's a, it's a good fight. Of course, you're, you're a massive favourite going into it, um, and that is still the case. But there's just going to be a, perhaps a little bit of needle when, it, especially when it gets the fight week, it's going to build more interest for you. Well, if there's needle, you know, you can keep the needles. You know what I mean? I, I don't care. Um, it's business for me, business as usual. I, I do what I've got to do to get the win. Um, he can be as emotionally involved as he wants. It's up to him. Um, you know, that that be his downfall, I think. To be fair, I believe you on that because I was there um, when he, he he made some comments to you just before the weigh-in, and uh, you you two didn't say a word. He didn't say anything back. Well, and so, so somebody who's emotionally involved when you when you're a fighter, you make mistakes, and um, and that's part part of the stuff what I try and teach the fighters is you know at the end of the day it's your job. You've got to you've got to rise above it and you've got to stay focused. And uh, and I was I was sort of I warned him. That you know about the weight, and, and I thought it was going to sort of start showing off. But I said, "Listen, it's got to be water for ducks back. That's what it is. It's like I always say, it's cooler than a hot kitchen. You can't, you can't be emotional in boxing. Otherwise, you come unstuck. I only got chinned off Michael Jones in the third fight because of getting emotionally involved, and those are the mistakes. What you know, people make in the past, and you've got to let people learn from that. Mm. Do you have a prediction going into that fight? I know the announcement's going to come soon. I can't say when it is, etc. Um, but it will be soon. So uh, yeah, have you got? A f- uh, a fight prediction going into that, Akib? Uh, just a, another, say, same same as before, um, I'll get the win and I look good doing it, I think. Um, it'll be a good fight, like Jamie said, you know, we've both got styles where it's an exciting styles, 
Um, he's going to come forward, I'm going to come forward and we'll see who steps back, you know, and it'll be a good fight, but I'll get the win. Okay, well, I think, as I said, people will be more interested in this fight because of the situation. Uh, it's, it's got a good storyline now, to be fair. Of course it has. And listen, going back to what you said at the beginning, you know, you felt sorry for Kane Baker. My first thought wasn't, I felt sorry for Kane Baker. My thought, first thought was I felt sorry for Akib. I could see what it meant to him. You know, he, he was begging me not to pull him out. Hmm. But I had to make the right decision. And uh, and then as an afterthought, of course I felt bad for Kane because I've been there myself and fights fall through the last minute. He's brutal. But the fight's back on now. So, uh, all, all, you know, you can speak as much as you want. But at the end of the day, when they both get in there and, and fight and the the best man will win. And then we'll, uh, we'll move on. I think that happened because you know when we did that interview um, during Carl's fight week with you and Nigel, yep, yep. a lot of people then said, "Oh, so you know, Akib didn't put himself out. Jamie was the one saying you you can't do this, and yeah. he was getting a lot of uh, like positive feedback for that." But I think I was getting a lot of positive, but I was also getting negative stuff as social media you? does. Uh, Just people going. Uh, Stupid comments like but, like <coughs> you shit scared and you know just then <laughs> what the fuck you know like you've been fighting for fucking millions of years and then all of a sudden you shit scared about fighting it just doesn't make sense. But I think straight after the incident, people you know weren't sure whether it was you said it or Akib didn't want to fight. Yeah, but I yeah. think then people realised Akib was going to fight. It was you. Yeah, yeah no, I, well I'm he, he was begging me not to. <laughs> I, I was the one who. The, the, the fact of the matter is, when you're in that situation, and Dave, so Dave Cowell sent me a message saying, mate, you made the right decision, absolutely, because he was in that situation, um, and probably in hindsight wishes that he'd have pulled um, Gil. Jordan Gill out, mm. and then, so, and probably, part of the reason why seeing situations unfold like that, and then you sort of see the hindsight thing, and go, you know, when I think about it now, I should have pulled him out. I didn't want to be in that situation. I've seen it, happened loads of times and I've also seen accidents happen over the years where people afterwards say you know I could sort of sense something wasn't right and really want to think about it now should I pulled him out I didn't want to be one of them statistics where you know people make mistakes I wanted to make sure you know as long as he goes in no one ever goes in the ring 100% by the way I'm not wanting him to go in 100% as long as he gets in there sort of 70-80% I have no issue but where he, you feel like he's not fully protected and that come back on you that's where you've got to make that decision well, 70-80% is where you, you'd want someone mm. and when he would have been like 30-40% which is ridiculous putting someone in the ring it's dangerous you know I, I, I'm, I'm probably one of the most critical people in boxing about the way some trainers look after the fighters and they don't make the right decision so I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't look after them in the right way Okay, well, listen, we look forward to, to the fight announcement and the fight itself uh, when that happens. Akib Fier, thank you very much, and uh, same to you, Jamie. Thank you, mate. And uh, we'll catch up soon, all right? Take care. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global here in Manchester, joined by the main man Nigel Travis and also Jack Cattrall. Who? No, Nigel Travis, I just, just me, don't worry about him. <laughs> Nigel, you love being called the main man. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about uh, the hotel reception bit again. My God, uh, oh, my heart attack was, was starting again. Walking into the hotel, Nigel Travis <laughs> is there, same tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> uh, no one is above the law. No one, anyone, everyone is. Uh, is gettable so there's a few on the list who've not been reached yet and listen come near me and he's been done fucking try obviously he's been done easy easy mate has Chantel Cameron ever been there? she's so <laughs> in all fairness that was the first, the first question we asked uh, it was Tommy Coyle who instigated the question and said come and do Chantel and Jamie said no but she's getting done regardless so. <laughs> okay uh, Jack some uh, really positive news for yourself recently uh, the WBO put out that statement just I'm sure the whole gym uh, was delighted at seeing um, but let me just quickly ask you about Ramirez Postal a lot of people had either Postal nicking it a draw it was a close fight um, how do you see it? yeah very close fight uh, 
I thought all along that <clears throat> it was a bit daft of him really. Not daft of him, obviously they want to go for the undisputed fight, but he had a tough fight in Postal before he could get there. Uh, and an even tougher fight in me. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a close fight, could have gone either way I guess. Uh, probably swayed with the champion, he's got the two belts. Uh, you have to really take the belt off a champion. I know that if I go over there, I have to do a proper job on him, I can't leave it to to be that close. But yeah, I think Postal put on a really good display. Mm. I mean, if that fight does get made next, which the WBO said will happen, I'm sure uh, confidence going into that Ramirez fight has probably increased after that fight. Is that fair to say, Jack? Of course, I've always been confident. I've, I've watched his fights from five, six, seven fights ago. Uh, I know he had a good win against Maurice Hooker, who I flew around America chasing for that fight when I was mandatory last year, and I wasn't over impressed with Hooker. I thought he was a, one of the weaker champions. Uh, Ramirez blasted him out and everybody was uh, raving about Ramirez but if you go back a couple of fights I think Zapita fight didn't look brilliant and again at the weekend he was in a tough fight with Postal so there's definitely a lot of things I can see that I can uh, utilise and beat him with Nigel I'm sure it's been an extremely difficult time uh, for Jack just waiting waiting for this shot uh, what about yourself and Jamie and the rest of the gym you know Jack uh, I've that's what I get told, that he's constantly working in the gym, regardless of the situation. Uh, how frustrating has it been, Nigel? Yeah, I think he's documented that, you know, how, um, how frustrated we've said to many, many people. But I've also been seen loads of stuff about Dillian White. And obviously, Dillian White was in, in that position, you know, apparently a thousand days, over a thousand days. Yeah. But the difference, the big difference is that Dillian White's been active and, and fighting. And I think earning good money. So, uh, people, you know, class them is the worst situation. I think Jack's been in, a, in an entirely different situation where he's, you know, they're trying to get him out and um, and no one will fight him. So it's, it's a real tough one, but so we're elated that, you know, that it's actually finally happened. But no one is, no one deserves it more in my eyes. Mm. Well, obviously I'm saying that because he's my lad and, uh, and, he, and he's at our gym, but he's, he's in the gym, you know, daily. It's not, you know, it's not something you, you think, You'd actually give him a bit, a bit of leeway for him to take his eye off the ball, but he genuinely hasn't, and and that's played, you know, in, in our favour. The fact that, that he has been learning, you know, we're doing things that maybe he's never done before, and, and he's trying different things, and just obviously with things in the back of his mind of potential opponents. You have got potential opponents who who we you know we, we discuss you know different all the time. So, um, and at the moment, you know, our minds are firmly on. Uh, on Ramirez because that's what you know as he's been indicated by the president of the WBO that that, that that should be the next fight but you also know that you know in boxing anything can happen and so there are other people who, who may want to fight him there's, there's there's other potential fights that along the way so you know he's that professional that you know we're thinking of, of maybe and it's not you know putting taking anything for granted but you're thinking of two or three fights and, and who he could fight but that's how, how how good he is. We genuinely believe that whoever whoever takes up that, you know, whoever t gives him that challenge, then that we believe that he'll step up and 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 take what's rightfully his. We believe. Jack, how comes you didn't scream and shout more about this situation over the past few months, loads of months? Obviously, Nigel mentioned Dylan White, and he's been very vocal and rightly so, um, waiting so long. But how comes you didn't do a similar thing to Dylan? I think it was January last year. I was made mandatory. Uh, it might have been just after that. Obviously, I boxed last November in Dubai. Uh, but it was kind of the situation I was in. Uh, I was chasing Hooker for the fight. Hooker then was unifying with Ramirez, so I knew that I was second fiddle to that. Had to wait for that fight. Mm. Then I thought we're dead on to get it. Sports, my managers, trainers, promoters, they're like, look, that fight's going to be next. Then obviously, the WBC put in the mandatory for Postal before the WBO got filed, so again and then kind of like I'm in the same position as everybody this year we've all been on standby uh, with the pandemic so I was flying out to watch Postal Ramirez in February the 1st I think when it was first scheduled in China I was going to go over there and watch that thinking by summertime I might be getting a crack at this uh, and then the fight's been delayed twice it was scheduled for Fresno California somewhere else and then finally it happened last weekend so I know now's the time. I'm not one of them fighters to avert my position. It's not like I have to scream and shout to 
I'm next, I'm next, I've earned that position so I can sit quite comfortably knowing it's going to happen. Okay. Have MTK given a, a time frame on this as well when this Ramirez fight has to happen? So I believe the WBO have pushed now saying they've got 20 days between our managers and promoters to, to come to a conclusion or an agreement of what's going to happen. I believe that it can play out in one of three ways really so it's, it's like next week hopefully we'll have more clarification on what's going to happen. Could go to purse bids then if, uh, if a deal isn't reached. Yeah, of course, they've already said that if, if nothing's come to conclusion next week, after the 20 days it'll go to the purse bids, but I believe with MTK, Frank Warren, top rank, I think they're all on the same page, and we know where that's, so hopefully I'm confident in that a deal can be stri struck before it goes to purse bids. What would it mean uh, to yourself, obviously to Jack as well, but the whole gym, if Jack did get that shot next and uh, won the world title? I just, yeah, they are just, it's not an uplifting thing of anything, but working with kids like this, you know, the likes of who we've got in the gym. You know, the, the gym's a pleasure to be on, it's not, it's definitely not a job, you know, and that's how we like to, to what we've created and how it's become, you know, the atmosphere in there is, you know, it's, we know how hard these kids work I and mean, we, we know how, what they put their bodies through. So for them to, to be doing it with a smile on their face, you know, makes it easier. Obviously, when you've got kids fighting for the world style, you know, it's a different level, and and that's what they want. You know, obviously we want that as well, but that's what they want. And so everybody's really trying to catch up with the likes of, you know, uh, of Carl Frampton. You know, the, the kids who are behind Jack are trying to catch up with Jack, and they want to be fighting, and they want to be mandatory. So that's they're all pushing each other on, and everyone and I would expect everyone to to be there when he when he when he does finally. Go for it because they're all, you know, they're completely. They're all like the kid, and the kid knows the kids, just an integral part of the team, and um, and it, and he's, you know, he's a pleasure to be around. But everyone else feels that and wants him to, to succeed, and they've seen what he can do, and and, and I don't believe, and, and we certainly don't believe that that anybody has seen what he can do, and 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 again, I know Carl's been on record by saying it that he very rarely stays around to watch sparring but uh, the only two people he's ever, ever stayed to stick around to watch is Jack and maybe another potential opponent in Josh Taylor because what they can do is it seems you know beyond other people and uh, but and he hasn't shown that yet you know I think he's not settled but you know he's stayed in his lane as such done what he's had to do to win and succeed and and never looked, you know, uncomfortable, but um, but we believe he can he can go uh, another level, if not another couple. Now, so far we spoke as if uh, the situation will be that Ramirez will give you a shot uh, straight away next. There is also another situation that could arise, and I ask your your take on this. Spoke to Josh Taylor, as you know, and uh, Top Rank are looking to make that undisputed fight and potentially offer you a chunk of money to just wait and then also give you a guaranteed shot at the winner. Just uh, your take on that potential situation, Jack. Of course, yeah, that was like I said before, it could be one of the three options, uh, how it plays out. So, I mean, one of the options was <clears throat> obviously taking a step aside when you're getting a shot at the title, uh, which I believe whoever does become undisputed would more than likely vacate and move up to 147, so you'd be looking at a vacant title. But I mean, <clears throat> like Nigel said, I've boxed a lot of domestic fights and beat a lot of domestic opponents quite comfortably. They've probably not uh, shown what I can really do. I think these big world title fights that get me excited will show the best of me. So, <clears throat> I mean, I just want to push on for these big fights to show what I can really do and test myself against the top names. I mean, there's a lot of good fights out there now, so hopefully, if it's not Ramirez, it can be another somebody worthy of the world title fights. But in an ideal situation, you just get that shot of Ramirez next. Right. Of course, it's a business. I've got to think about my future. Uh, Ramirez, obviously, is a is a fight that I've been chasing down. But if it makes sense to to wait another maybe six months and then possibly get a shot, then uh, be more financially stable and I can build my own legacy from that build up to my own unification fights. Mm, okay, we'll see how the the situation develops. But I think whether. Uh, you've got to wait a little bit more and, and get a guaranteed shot to win or whether you get Ramirez next, you are fighting for a world title very, very soon. So that's the most important thing, Jack. Of course, yeah. It's, it'd be a nice end to the year. I mean, <clears throat> there's been a lot of fighters inactive this year. I was fortunate to get out at the end of last year. Been in the gym, learning, sparring, chipping away. 
and uh, it was great news the other day. So finally, we can can work towards a date and uh, pick up one of these world titles. I think that's the problem. It's not knowing. It's probably mm. me spinning, not knowing. You know, if someone said you've got to fight here, here, then then, then that'd be the you know the ideal situation. But because of what's gone on in the pandemic, and and it's the same for everybody. So he's, you know the kid understands that. That's why he's not shouting and screaming. Although you know. Maybe some people will be shouting and screaming. Me, one of those. Maybe shouting and screaming and get people talking about you. But it's, it's the not knowing. And now, really, there's a bit more, you know, um, certain, a bit more solid. You know, it's not a rumor. You know, when they're talking that it's it's going to happen or, or it's going to be ordered. And obviously, you know, the management are going to are going to push him in a certain direction. But whether people, you know, vacate, step up, whatever they do, um, then. At least they know now, and we know, we know it's it's certain and, and it's a positive, and, and, and he's going to kick ass. Well, on that note, we'll end it there. Nigel Travis, Jack Catchwell, thank you very much for talking to IFLCV. And uh, if you could go and grab a Jamie Nakib for me and send him in the hot seats, <laughs> that would be very nice. Thank you very nice much, one. Thank you very much. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by, um, well, Mr. Bulgaria, Ivalo Gotsev. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great, mate. Uh... I'm here at home, back home in Bulgaria. Today's a big day for us. Uh, it's the day of the union. 135 years ago, Bulgaria united on this date, uh, 6th of September. So it's a great celebration wow. for all Bulgarians. So we're very proud. How's the situation been regarding the pandemic over there in Bulgaria? Same as the rest of the world, you know? It's a, it's a pandemic, you know? And a, it's gotten the world upside down and uh, we're slowly getting back to normal. Uh, you know, God willing, by the end of the year, things will open up. Yeah, hopefully so, hopefully so. Um, Ivalo, I just wanted to kind of get um, an update from you on this whole um, Joshua Pulev situation. What, what actually is the latest with this regarding this potential fight for the end of the year? Well, the very latest is uh, that we have a fight that's uh, soon to be announced. We're looking to target uh, December 12th, um, looking to come to London, England, as originally planned. And uh, we're very excited and delighted to be visiting UK in the month of December, ready to rumble. So is this decision crowd permitting? We're hoping for a crowd, obviously, but is this like hindering on whether there's a crowd allowed or not? From what I understand, there's definitely going to be a crowd allowed. At this moment, uh, we're looking at a few thousand people. And by December, by December, rules can change again to where there's going to be a, a good capacity allowed of a good crowd. And we want those fans there. We want the, the energy of, of the boxing fans. And there is no better than the UK boxing fans. You know, they're known around the world. And uh, why not? I mean, we want to have a full arena, if possible, if not at least half full. Over the last sort of weeks and months, when you hear stories about a potential Joshua Fury fight being made and Kubrat, you know, potentially stepping aside and Wilder stepping aside, what, I mean, what do you think when you hear all these kind of stories about Joshua Fury? Well, first of all, I, I do believe that... Uh, the fight, the uh, possibility of a fight with Tyson Fury versus AJ is, is, a, is a terrific one. It's a great fight. It's a great fight, but this is boxing. This is a worldwide sport. There are many heavyweights that fight to, to get up on a pedestal, to become number one, to become mandatory challengers. So those rules need to be respected. So if the two reigning champions right now both, you know, are from UK, they must take, take the proper challenge from the, you know, number one contenders. 
And that's what Kubrat is. He's earned his position, blood, sweat, and tear, tears in that order. And, and he's been waiting for three years. So give him a shot. Now let's, let's get it over with. AJ is quite the favorite in the fight. He's fighting at home. We give him all the conditions they asked for. And, and let's, 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 let's do the right thing, you know? He faces Kubrat and then, you know, see what happens then. That's the, the, the $500 million question. Bob, Bob Aram is absolutely convinced, Ivalo, that um, Kubrat Pulev will knock Anthony Joshua out. He's been saying it for months. Absolutely well, convinced that that Pulev will knock AJ out. Well, this is heavyweight boxing, you know, and that's the beauty of it. You know, this one, one punch changes all, and, and Kubrat's got the power to do so. We've seen what happened uh, to AJ when he got hit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is heavyweight boxing, you know. The theater of the unexpected, you know, one punch can end it all. So that's what we're training for, and that's what's going to happen on our end. We're ready. Ivalo, has there, has there ever been conversations or serious conversations about Kubrat potentially stepping away from this fight to allow any other fight to happen? Has those conversations with, like, Eddie Hearn, have they happened? Well, there's been a very uh, lukewarm conversation, and not with Eddie, but maybe with Bob Barron that, that you know, passed by the idea. Uh, there hasn't never really been anything serious in that respect, nor we're, you know, willing to do uh, a step aside, unless, unless the world's going to end, and you know what, and there's one fight left, and then we'll understand, but the world is back in business, so... There, there is time for all these fights to take place. You know, there's time for all these fights to take place. And, you know. We, we know a couple of years ago, obviously, this fight was already meant to have happened uh, at Cardiff. It didn't happen. And Joshua ended up fighting um, Carlos Takam. So this fight really should have already have happened by now. Yeah, 2017. That's when it should have happened. And then that's when uh, Kubra got injured. And immediately he got replaced with Takam. And now it's three years later. We're still knocking on that door, on that door of AJ, and and now we're we're on his doorstep, knocking. So here we come. Um, what what what's Kubrat's mentality at the moment? Obviously, he's along with everyone else, your team, etc., and AJ and his team waiting for this date to be um, confirmed and finalized. But what's his kind of mentality going into a potential fight on December twelfth? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about uh, Kubrat's uh, best is his mental toughness. And he's a man's man, you know, he's a real man. Uh, he's uh, basically a tough, tough competitor mentally, uh, physically always fit. Um, so basically this is going to be a battle of uh, a man versus a boy, mama's boy, you know, in AJ's case, you know, because he's been crying a lot. He wants to go home. He wants to be in front of his own fans. He wants this, he wants that. We gave it all to him. So now take the proper challenge. Now it's Tyson Fury, you know, we understand. But this fight must happen first. So Kubrat's gonna bring uh, his power, his mental power, his physical abilities, his boxing knowledge, you know, his boxing uh, ring generalship is, I believe, superior to AJ. AJ is a, quite the puncher. I mean, don't get me wrong. He does have the tools. He does have the assets. He's got a, a mean right hand. He could, yeah, he's got a mean uppercut. He's got a left hook. He's got the tools to, to set anybody off on their, on their ass, basically, you know? And, 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 and that's, that's heavyweight boxing, you know? Uh, Style-wise, this is a terrific fight, terrific fight. So it's going to be a, an awesome battle. Ivalo, does, does Kubrat feel at all disrespected that, uh, that Joshua gets talked about fights with, with Fury when he's the mandatory challenger. Kubrat is the mandatory challenger, but all these other fights get spoken about. Does, does Kubrat feel disrespected by people talking like that, or is that just boxing? No, that's just putting more uh, fuel into the fire and, and the burning desire to go there and, and upset AJ. Disrespected? No. I mean, this is a business after all, and you know, obviously... Uh, matchroom boxing needs this big payday and they need to save their, you know, the day in their empire because, you know, they're bedrock on a rocky uh, spot right now with the zone being shaky and, 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 and the, the way of the world right now, you know, we're, 
every business has experienced a challenge and, and, and that's their main guy, you know, AJ is their main guy. And if he could earn for, for matchroom, you know, we understand the business part of it, you know, but all that aside, this is a sport and there are rules and let's, let's respect the rules of the sport. Which when are you hoping, to, like, if you give us a little time scale of when we'll get official confirmation of this fight, when are you hoping for that? We're in the final stages of uh, basically signing off uh, the addendum to the original agreement uh, with the new date and all the terms. Uh, there hasn't been much of the terms that have changed. Um, so, you know, expect days, not weeks, it's going to be days before we can announce there's a, there's a new date. And, uh, and there's going to be a proper uh, press conference uh, schedule to announce the official date. We'll definitely look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, you, you've made some comments about Joshua's performances um, against Andy Ruiz, and you weren't, it didn't seem like you were too impressed by those two fights, the first or the second one. Well, me and the rest of the world, me and the rest of the boxing world, you know. We saw uh, AJ fall apart in New York, you know. He, he literally fell apart. He, I said he looked like a deer in headlights. And then the second fight in Saudi Arabia, you know, he ran like a deer. I mean, he, he created a perfect style, you know, for him to win at all costs. But that bored a lot of, uh, a lot of boxing fans. He did not impress. So, you know, him gaining his home court advantage, you know, it should give him a little more fire. Uh, in his belly so he could fight, you know, a, a better fight against Kubra. You know, we want to see a really a heavyweight battle and, and we didn't see that in his last two fights. Were you or Kubra surprised by Povetkin's win over Dillian White a couple of weeks ago or not? Absolutely not. I love Povetkin. I love his style. He's a real, real fighter. I mean, at heart. And although his age is, is already up there, uh, I know that he's got the heart to offset any challenger in front of him, much younger, much, say it, the better athlete or whatever. You know, uh, Sasha's got the heart that, that's it's hard to match against him, you know. If he lands, especially those, those uppercuts, he's, he's, he's a master at it. So congratulations to Sasha. We what love... We loved it when we saw it because, you know, and, and it couldn't happen to a better guy other than Dillian White, who, you know, he's got a mouth. What do you think happens in the rematch, Ivala? Rematch of them two? Yeah. Um, you know what? Once bitten, twice shy. I think he's already, uh, Sasha's already tapped into that sweet spot, you know. He'll find it again. He'll find it again. I see the same thing all over again, a knockout. Um, could you give us uh, an update on any of your other fighters that you're involved with, Ivala? Well, we're focusing on a heavyweight division. I have uh, quite a stable with young heavyweights, uh, exciting heavyweights. And uh, really, that's my forte. Uh, I've, I've worked over the years, whether as a manager, advisor, or an agent, uh, for seven heavyweight champions of the world one time or another during their careers. I've started... Uh, Sergey Lakovic and Sam Peter from, from their pro debuts to, to the top. So I, I bet on the heavyweight division and, and soon you will know about the stable and our, and our ability to challenge, you know, for, for the top, the heavyweight crown. So we're going to keep coming. We're going to keep coming. The Brits are there. And don't get me wrong. You guys have a, quite a stable of British uh, top heavyweights. So it's going to be exciting times ahead. And we're going to give you a proper challenge. We'll definitely look forward to that. Heavyweight boxing is always the most talked about division in the world and uh, nothing's new today. Nothing's new. Nothing. And hopefully, not hopefully, uh, thankfully, now we're in an era where, where there's so many good challenges out there. I mean, we, we, we've, been, we've been through 10 years of the Klitschko's reign and that got to be quite boring and, 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 and quite, you know, crazy for a while, you know, the way they handled their business. But now... Now there's people willing, able to take a challenge and, and travel. And it's an exciting time to be in a heavyweight division. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, Ivalo, I appreciate you giving uh, IFL TV a little bit of your time. Hopefully when the fight's announced, we can kind of get a, 
another word with you if it's going to be a press conference it might be in person then when we see you next so yeah let's let's do it again when i can open up because now it's kind of the balls in a court of match room you know they have to basically announce uh, the date and, and close the deal with us and once that's done once it's signed off man we can unleash all the talking and we can believe me you're welcome to come to bulgaria and watch kubra train he's in beast mode he's ready to go aj here we would love to do that i was over there uh well the only time i've been to bulgaria is when huey fury fought uh Kubrat a couple of years ago tough times you guys get us all the, all the fans of Huey, man <laughs> that was a interesting time you know you guys you guys uh, bring on the bring on the fans i gotta tell you man uh, so it was it was a good time. It was a good challenge too. And Hugh Fury is uh, is going to be a future champion. I reckon he's only 25 years old. He's you know I I really salute him for taking the fight against uh, Kubrat at the time he took it when he didn't have the experience. And with time, I believe he's going to be another British heavyweight to watch out for. You know he's he's going to get there. He's getting stronger. He's 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 a, he's a tough guy. I also remember on that show, that's the only first time I've seen a fighter attack his uh, trainer in the corner. Wasn't that something, yeah? <laughs> I've never that, seen anything like that in my life. But that was uh, quite an experience out there. So it was good. He threw good. Uh, those aren't little punches. He threw some knockout punches. It was, it was crazy, crazy well, night. Madness. Um, okay, Ivala, thank you very much for your time. And like I said, hopefully the next time we speak, uh, the fight has been confirmed and announced and uh, we can go a little bit more in depth into it. Absolutely. Thanks for the call and uh, look forward to doing it again. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. Right on. Don't be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. Be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. This is Coon Cassius for Eiffel TV in association with MTK Global. Oh, and Johnny, I've just lost you on the screen. There we go. I'm joined by Johnny Nelson. Johnny, why did you take your glasses off? Why didn't you leave your glasses on? It you look. I don't wear glasses. I just saw you with some glasses on. No, you didn't. I did. You didn't. Number one. Number two is you look really brown. So have you been on holiday and don't want people to know so you don't have to quarantine for 14 days? I've been openly have come out and said I've been on holiday in Turkey. Okay, cool, cool, no problem, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in your business. It's a good thing I didn't go anywhere we had to quarantine because you would have grasped me <laughs> right, I'd be frick. Yeah, because you've got to look after the world. It's up to I know that, but I will play them games. I'm just saying I've been to Turkey, there's been no quarantine. Fine, no problem. I would have out with you, but no problem. How are you? I, I'm good, man, I'm good. I'm good, I'm, uh, uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's glad to see things see shows that get back on the road again. I've got a big up Ty Mitchell. I've got a big up Ty Mitchell. Clifton fought last night. And you know what? It's such a shame because this boy can fight, you know. You ask any of the top heavyweights, they'll tell you he is he's, he's, he's such it's such a shame that he's not got his license as yet and they're dragging it on and dragging it on. Big him up here. He won last night again. Uh, uh, over in Manchester, big preps, big preps. You know, he did well, so uh, uh, good on him. And I, you know what? I, I think I think we should. I know I know he's 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 struggling to get his license back, but I think anybody that knows anything about him, big him up and put the pressure on because this boy, uh, he should be in our world, you know, and uh, and getting him in the mix there. We've been your world. You've been retired for about fifteen years. Yes, I still think like it's my world, and. And I actually could still do it. I just choose not to. Back's good and everything. Had my hands done, had my back done. I'm going to get my knees done next. I can play tennis with my daughter. Chia, you don't know. Good, good. What's the the full name on your passport? What has this got to do with this? 
It's my interview and my questions. What is the full name on your passport? Johnny Nelson. Lies. Prove I'll, it. I'll bet you right now that your passport does not say Johnny Nelson and that's I, it. I, prove it. Johnny Tell Nelson. The Tell the truth. It says Johnny Nelson on my passport. Lies. It says Johnny Nelson on my passport. Ivanson. Ivanison. What is it? It says Johnny Nelson on my passport. The other stuff doesn't matter. Let's get on with our business. That is personal business. Johnny, um, I wanted to start off by talking to you about one of Wilder's sparring partners. This is a story that Sky Sports covered over the last couple of days. Junior Farr. Uh, heavyweight from New Zealand. What is he? 30 years old, six foot five, 19 and old. Um, yeah, I saw that as well. Um, you know, he's getting a bit. Listen, DeAndre's not said it. I suppose uh, the cynic in you would make you think that these people are planting around to say what they're saying. If listen, if DeAndre was was injured, he was injured. If that's what he wants, if if that's what he wants people to believe, which is which will justify he thinks will justify his performance. Uh, so if that's what he wants to tell everybody, that's what he tells everybody. If you ask me my personal opinion, then that's something different. But if that's the story he wants to give everybody, and that's the story he wants people to believe, apart from his costume weighing 40-odd pounds, it tied his legs out and all this sort of stuff, I get it. Apart from the fact that I'm sure I saw him shooting a handgun with his brother in some woods after the fight, well, that might have been an old, old footage before the fight, you never know. So if you had a bicep injury, I don't know which bicep it is, I'm sure it would have affected that. But it might have been footage from historical footage so so there's there's many things that that he seemed to contradict himself with uh but then let's hear it from the horse's mouth and and, and even even the line from the sparring partner uh in regards to yes he was injured but he wasn't sure to what extent and he was very surprised how fury jumped on him straight away at him on the back foot uh so he knew from the off but but if he had an injury i had an injury um and I'll, I'll never knock people for that. And if he did, and he got in the ring with an, a bad injury and still thought he could do it, good on him. Um, I personally don't, I'm not having it, I'm not buying it. But if that's what he's, he's, he wants to sell everybody, go on. It's been between six and seven months since that fight, back in February. And it seems like longer mm -hmm. than ago, considering what's happened since. But <laughs> I was talking to Eddie the other day, and he, you know, he said, like, has Wilder been quiet during that period? Surprise, surprise. Ain't that a surprise? Being really quiet. Yeah, but do you believe he has been quiet? I know he's given, a, I think he give. No, nah, man. BBC oh, got, well, all you have to do is really look, a lot. Yeah, look at his feed and look at, just look. Put in Deontay Wilder, put it on YouTube, put it on wherever. So look at the chunk of information he's put out since February to now. And then go before the fight, go to last year, go to year before, go to year before, and see how often my man puts something out. So, so, so. He came out with something after Dillian had lost, uh, something like an eye for an eye or something like that. Yeah, um, I think it was the Russian translation for that. Yeah, Russian translation, and then advertises Bomb Squad. Did you say lotion? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, then, advertises, then, then advertises Bomb Squad, something, something as well, uh, uh, brand, uh, and that's it. And I'm like thinking... <sighs> And it, it, may, it, it sounds like I'm a fan of Deontay Wilder, but I'm not a fan of bullshit. So, so, and I'll call it out uh, regardless, and it might not put me in, in, the, in anybody's favour in doing that. If you smell bullshit, you've got to say, nah, man, that smells like bullshit. Uh, and so, so when, when he comes out with bullshit lines or whatever, I've got, I've got, I've got to call it out. And, and there's a game called bullshit. You know when someone's telling a fib or telling a story, it's bullshit. You've got to prove otherwise. So, so for this, I'm going to say bullshit. Because, again, I just think I'm not buying it. I ain't buying it. There's too many contradicting things after that have been said after the fight by him, not by other people. Because he can then distance himself from what his sparring partner said, what Shelley Finkel has said, what somebody else has said, by him. So I'll make him accountable for what he has said, not for what the sparring partner said, 
these aren't these aren't they aren't these aren't Deontay's words. So you listen to what he's saying. What other people are saying, it's all speculation. But what has he actually said since? I mean, like I said, he, he gave one interview after the fight with I think it was the PBC podcast. But I don't know. I just it just seems in a very like the heavyweight okay, okay. have so in the last five months, haven't they? Let's but, look at what he said. What we know he said. What we've seen come out of his mouth. Costume. Did he, that come out of his mouth? Yeah. Bicep. Has that come out of his mouth or has it gone through a, uh, a press agent? The bicep stuff is like, it's not like new, is it? It's, it no, no, it, but has it come out of his mouth? Have you seen it come out of his mouth since the fight? Well, I haven't seen, it, seen him say it, but I'm not saying he hasn't, but oh, I have. So, so, there, so therefore, it's unfair, the it's unfair. Right, so therefore, it's unfair that we're saying he's using that as an excuse. Or does Arani maybe use it as an excuse? So the only thing we know he said out of his mouth even though we can't contribute what he said in regards to, 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 to the other stuff, we know he's used the costume uh, that he walked into the ring with. So again, you're going to call bullshit. Everything else, you can say, yo, yo, I didn't say that. I never used that. You go, mm -mm, that didn't come out of my mouth. And so, so we're going to listen to what he said. So again, when he finally gets a microphone in front of him, which is going to have to happen eventually, and he's going to have to ask, answer these questions eventually. Someone like you is going to catch him eventually. He's going to have to give an interview eventually. So if somebody like you's got the bottle to, to call him out on this or ask these questions, so eventually we're going to see it come out of his mouth. We're not going to hear it from a third party saying Deontay said X, Y, Z. So, so, so we can't really, we can speculate, but we can't really attribute or, or blame him for any bullshit apart from the costume bullshit because that came out of his mouth. It's, it's strange how, not strange, but I suppose everyone's different how they kind of carry themselves after a defeat. Remember years ago when David Hay lost to Klitschko, uh, the whole toe thing, mm. which people still bring up now, and maybe David regrets it, maybe he doesn't. Then when he lost to Tony Bellew, those two fights, he kind of come out and said, you know, that Tony was the better man, you know, blah, 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 and didn't give in excuses and, and subsequently retired from that. Joshua, no no excuses after the Ruiz defeat. Almost to everyone's shock, he never come out and said anything. Dillian White the other day hasn't come out and with any excuses uh, to why he lost. But I suppose fighters are different and they find it difficult to accept that sometimes they possibly have been beaten by the better person and so there, there, there lies the problem. So until you can accept defeat and say, you know what, I got beat by the better person, let me fix that. You're Is never going to fix it. A bad person, though? Does it make them yeah. a bad person if they can't accept it? Because, 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 no, it means you've not learned your lesson. Because it means that you're going to make the same mistake again. He made this one mistake once, then he made it again and got catched that beating and, he's, and still coming out with excuses for the second beating he got. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and not learn from it. So he's not learned from the first fight where he got a draw. He's not learned from the second fight where he catched a beating. So if he's still carrying on this foolishness, he's clearly not learned his lesson. So he's clearly, and, and, and his people around him will say, yo, listen, we've got to fix up, man. And, and so, so until he does that, it will happen again and again and again. Ego is the, our biggest downfall. And his ego is obviously the issue there. His ego's not said, yo, let me just bring you back in check here. Joshua's done it. White's done it. Uh, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. So you see over and over again, you've got to think, yo, I got, I got dealt with it. Uh, and, and that's how you learn. That's how your mind so you sit back and think, all right, how can I fix this? This just tells me he ain't fixed nothing. He's not, he's not fixed the fight. He's not actually come out and said, actually, I got beat. I got outboxed. I got beat up. Because then you can go back and say, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix this. He said, no, no, my costume was too heavy. Um, I, my bicep. Then you see him, boom, boom, boom. Oh, sorry, he didn't say that. But when I see that and I hear oh, that... It's, come, out, it's oh. come from somewhere. I mean, look, I, because he hasn't done a lot since, uh, like, media-wise, over the last few months, I haven't specifically heard him talk. I know, I think his brother was talking about his injury a few months ago, his brother Marcellus. But anyway, look, it's kind of like, it's seven months ago now. It's like... But, but, but that's what I'm saying, because, listen, he had a, he had a, and he probably still has a strong fan base behind him. But when you hear someone talking bollocks, you're going to think it's hard to stand by him. I've seen it before, you see, with, with, with our own Amir Khan. When he talks bollocks about something, you think, oh, man, really? 
And so even your fans are struggling to justify what comes out of your mouth. So, so, so then, so, so what's happening with, with, uh, with Wilder, his fan, even his own fans that really believe in him are going to just be able to struggle to justify what comes out of his mouth when it comes out with some bollocks. And so, and so, and, and again, it sounds like I'm not a fan of his. I am a fan of his, but I ain't going to bite bollocks. And, and that's basically what it is. You think, oh, really? You know, and that's where the problem is. So this, this stuff with the sparring part, and I read it, and really, read it again. And the sparring part said, yeah, he did hurt himself, but I didn't, I didn't know to what extent. And after the first round, you know, I, uh, I saw how Fury jumped on him. I thought, oh, he's in trouble. You know, so, so, so when I asked the question, he addressed it. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He kind of, he kind of backed up his boy. He's getting paid. You know, he's, getting, he's a sparring partner. He's probably doing a great job. As a fighter, I wouldn't. If I was, if I was uh, Deontay's sparring partner and I was asked afterwards, and if, even if I thought it was bullshit, I'd, I'd just, I'd back him up. I'd say, yeah, 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 he did it himself. Anyway, and change the subject. Uh, uh, and, and that's it. He's not going to say how it was done or whatever. You, you can't blame the sparring partner for backing him up. That's what you do. You can't blame his brother for backing him up. You can't blame his entourage, whoever, for backing him up. Speak to the trainer. Speak to the trainer. Yeah, you speak to, uh, um, uh, yeah, just speak to the trainer. Speak to the head trainer. Let's see if he backs up the bullshit. But he doesn't. Do you think, bold prediction here, do you think that that fight with Fury will happen this year? No. You don't think it does? No. I, I, I'd like it too. Uh, and, <laughs> what could happen? And, 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 out, and to, to go right out there, I wouldn't even be surprised if it did not next for, for Fury. If I'm really going out there, uh, but I don't think it am this, this time this year. Uh, I, I'm, uh, this, I, don't, I don't think it am this year. So I even I, doubt, I even yeah. doubt, or, 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 or in, on these shows or, or in America, I even doubt Anthony Joshua boxing this year, even though they've dropped a date. Unless on, on these shows or stateside, unless it's like Saudi Arabia or something like that, you know, you doubt because, and, and um, these boys want to fight and the promoters want to put them on. But you've got to look at how much money will be lost on the gate. How many of them will do what uh, Dillian White did the other week? There's a lot of money being lost on the gate. Mm. And so, 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 and this is business and these guys want to fight. So I am not, I am not questioning their, their cojones. I'm not questioning their one, but business-wide, it doesn't add up. And that's why I'm thinking, I just, I'd be surprised because someone's got to take a big hit. Yeah, I think um, a lot is dependent on the crowd situation because, I mean, Eddie was saying the other day that, you know, if the crowd situation, there isn't one basically for a fight like even uh, Usyk and Chizora, that fight won't happen this year without a crowd. They need a crowd for yeah. that. And that's why they're hoping there's a change in the law that we can, we can put things on, on paper and pencil it in. But, but that crowd situation makes up part of the purse, makes up part of the income. So this isn't a just show, show business. And so, so everybody's got to come out and be happy. Uh, and we've got to just accept it and take the hit and say, you know what? You either take the hit or wait. And, and so you're going to have a lot of fighters that are going to have to sit it out this year mm. uh, unless things change. I know the government and the world are trying to, trying to get the wheels in motion again to get everybody back into back into action again to, to get things back to a, a sort of norm but um, I, I, I just I'd be surprised I, I'd, listen I'd, I'd like it to happen but I'd be surprised if it did happen Don't be shy Cause I The life won't bring you down too far 